Meanwhile, in the pod cave. And welcome back to another edition of the Podmen. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. <laughs> Podman Ron, what is going on with your audio is working fine in the green room and then when we go to air here, you're we don't got you. What happened? Nothing. Wow. Brian, Nothing. Brian, can you hear him at all? No, I can't hear anything. Wow. So Well, it's... I don't know what's going on. I don't know. You almost think that we have maybe some ghosts in the machine here. It's possible. <laughs> Podman Ron is struggling uh, to get audio. Uh-oh. Talk uh, to can us. You, can you hear me? Yeah, now we got you there, Podman Ron. What happened to you? I don't know. All right. Ghost the ghost. Ghosts in the machines. Well, that's ghost. very apropos for today's episode. We are, and speaking of invisible... Uh, Alex is uh, missing tonight as well, but uh, I know we'll definitely want to catch up with his review of Ghostbuster Afterlife uh, maybe a little bit later, if he has anything new to say. He may not actually have anything, uh, but we're we're back with a, a blockbuster of a movie, one of the best sequels ever made, in Podman Ron's opinion, of uh, Ghostbusters. But before we get to Ghostbusters, let's hit the news. All right, in the news, uh, Brian, what do we have? It's been kind of a quiet week as we had we had Ghostbusters, and we're looking forward to Hawkeye coming up later this week. But in between there, uh, what do we have going on? It's a little bit light. I think we're still in the afterglow of the uh, Spider-Man trailer. The oh, new th- Spider-Man trailer. I thought you were going to say the afterglow of the Eternals. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and PMR's afterglow of Ghostbusters. Well, uh, his review is shocking. Why is that? Um, well, because you you've thrown another wrench into the rating system, so we'll get into that in a few minutes. <laughs> now, Brian, we're just going for the uh, exploitation. You know that we're just he- grabbing headlines. Pod- P- PMR reviews Ghostbusters Afterlife, and you won't believe what he says. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> Clickbait, right there. You got to stick around. You got to suffer through the rest of the. Stick around for two more hours here. Blood Man Ron said, "That's good. I liked it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got a little bit of stuff. Mostly television stuff. We got uh, a release date for uh, season fifteen of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> December December first. Always Sunny returns on. Uh, FX and uh, next day on Hulu. So uh, yeah. I think it's not on like, FXX. Was that Curb? I said always sunny, never disappoints. Not like Curb Your Enthusiasm, which we will talk about later on in this episode. All right, yeah, all right, yeah, fair okay. enough, fair enough. We've got this. This I found pretty interesting. The uh, um, ABC is going to do uh, live in front of a studio audience. Oh, I love that. And two retro shows. Have they done this before? Yeah. Podman Ron, we keep losing your audio there. Yeah, they did uh, Sanford and... Oh, they did All in the Family, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah, and the Jeffersons. Jeffersons, yeah. (laughs) The Jeffersons was awesome. I I forget who played George, but he did a phenomenal job playing George Jefferson. And that was a great show. That That was hilarious. Well, this time around, we're getting different strokes. 
and the facts of life. That's fantastic. That's a great team up. I mean, I love that they do the uh, sequel or the spinoffs rather. And Brian, go ahead and say, uh, I know who, but go ahead and say who's playing Arnold and Willis. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Damon Wayans is playing Willis. Okay, okay. Which is uh, inspired casting. Uh, but unbelievable. Like, this is fantastic casting. Um, Kevin Hart is playing Arnold. Little Kevin Gary Hart. Coleman. That is so funny, man. Uh, John Lithgow is going to be um, uh, Mr. Drummond. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then so far they've only given us um, one. Uh, hang on. Facts of life. They gave us uh, Mrs. Yeah, no Garrett, wor- right? Yeah, Mrs. Garrett. But they've I given us no uh, no uh, word on who's going to play girls. Kimberly. But Mrs. Garrett's going to be played by Ann Dowd uh, from uh, Handmaid's Tale, which that's okay. She was also on The Leftovers. That's okay. But I would rather see uh, Mags Bennett. Um that would uh, yes. Yeah. My, what's, what's her, her name? name? I can't think of her name. Margot Martindale. Yeah. Uh, yeah Margot that's Martindale. A, that's a better casting. So, uh, but yeah, the, we're going to get uh, two live in front of studio audiences. I can't believe they got Kevin Hart as uh, as Arnold from a different strokes, but a it's perfect. They usually do this in pair and pairs, and I cannot remember. I know Jefferson and, and uh, they've done that in All in the Family, but they did another one, too. They did, they did two more, also. Yeah, I forgot what and they I did. I cannot remember who they, who they did on yeah. the other two. But uh, it wasn't as funny as the Jefferson and All in the Family. That that was really, really funny. Yeah, see, now, yeah, I really want to go back and watch them, because I, I don't know how they slid under the radar. I had no idea. Wow. That they, I thought this was the first I, time they'd done them. You were. I honestly, no, I honestly thought we talked about it, because... We, I'm uh, sure we had to. I'd like to look up and see who played George Jefferson in that because he he was so funny. He played it to a T. And I, oh, I it, say it was was it uh, uh, Jamie Fox? Jamie Fox, you're yeah, right. Jamie Fox, and he did an outstanding job. He right. Was, Perfect as George Jefferson. Yeah, and I think Woody Harrelson was uh, Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker, yep. But that wasn't as funny as the George Jefferson. No, no, I mean, yeah. it was good. He he played it to a T. It was so good. All right. Well, Alex is really missing out on this podcast so far. Oh, yeah. We are talking about shows he's never heard of. Yep. <laughs> and no attention to ever watching. <laughs> no uh, whatsoever. The only other thing, unless I'm missing something, uh, is uh, they've cast uh, for uh, the Ahsoka TV show a Sabine Wren. I don't know who that so, is. I don't know who that is. Uh, now I feel like Alex. Rebels, yeah, if you watch <laughs> Rebels, Rebels is probably the best of the uh, Filoni animated shows. But it's set after uh, Clone Wars, but before uh, A New Hope, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you've got uh, Kanan... Uh, Jairus or Kanan Jairus that is uh, he never finished his Jedi training he fled he was he was a Padawan when when Order 66 happened uh, he takes on a kid that's force sensitive uh, named Ezra Bridger starts training him but he's a part of the rebel you know the rebel alliance like the early days of the rebel alliance and you've got um, Ahsoka Tano shows up in it and then you've got Sabine Wren and Sabine Wren is a Mandalorian, uh, and she ties into the whole Dark Blade, um, Dark Saber saga. So she actually had the Dark Saber for a while. And what's really cool is they get into a lot of the canon around the Mandalorians, like why, 
why their armor was built the way it was. And I think we've talked about this before, but you know that's why they have a flamethrower because you can't parry, you know, a, a, a flamethrower like you can a laser, mm-hmm. you know, a bullet, right? So that's why they had flamethrowers. That's why they'd have the uh, the grappling hook uh, tethers that they'd shoot out of their wrist because that was their. They would use the the flamethrower to push to push people back, and they'd use the tether to pull people to them, kind of mirroring Jedi powers, even though they yeah. were force sensitive. Interesting. So they had the armor, the blasters. They had the force, uh, the the tether, the uh, the jetpack, right? Because because je- Jedi's could leap so far. They had the jetpack for short they distances. Really love the Jedi. So yeah, so like they, what's really cool is and I've never had never actually heard anybody other than like hardcore Star Wars fans talk about this, other than in in. Uh, Jet, uh, Rebels that the Mandalorian armor and weaponry was all designed specifically to kill a Jedi. Hmm. So, and so she's she's uh, the Mandalorian in the show. And at the end of Rebels, Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn get thrown into like the far reaches of the galaxy. And the way the show ends is that Sabine and Ahsoka are going to go find Ezra. And so the th- we don't know if this is a prequel. We assume it's a prequel from what happened in uh, The Mandalorian. Like, that's everything with Ahsoka and Grogu is after this. But we don't know. But uh, it's Sabine and Ahsoka, and the, the assumption is they're going after Ezra. And, uh, you know, there's already rumors about who would play Ezra. The guy, the, the main one is the the, the kid from uh, uh, the Aladdin movie. The 2018 Aladdin with uh, Will Smith. So, Classic. I forget his name. I gotta say, uh, I like Star Wars, but when it gets and I and I like that they're doing all these you know different branches and stuff. But after a while, it gets like there's just too many names and too much to keep up with. It's almost like Dune. It's just too exhausting. I'll tell you. All these names sound the same. It's Aguka and Asaka and Duko, Dookie, yeah, Dookie, Mm -hmm. Dookie, Count Dookie. Yeah, I mean, I you know, how, how are you supposed to keep up with all that? Well, you watch it and you build an attachment to the characters. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> oh, that's one way to do it. <laughs> I guess I, you could do that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's one way. <laughs> I will say to the listeners, yeah. if, uh, if you have a choice of watching any of the. <laughs> no, I'm not listening, not listening. Is there a Tim? Did anybody get named Tim in, uh, in uh, the Star Wars Galaxy? Yeah. yeah. You have a Tim or a Scott? What about Kevin? Anybody got a Kevin? Them Jedi, <laughs> them boys. <laughs> well, it's interesting. You'd think even if it wasn't spelled Kevin, it'd still be, you know, with yeah. all the different, like, phonetic sounds yeah. that you can make. Sooner or later in Star Wars, you'd run across a Kevin. Or John. Yeah. Or, or a John. Well, they started that way. Kind of, I mean, Luke was, I mean. Yeah, that's, yeah. Luke, Luke? yeah. Yeah, then, then it all went to shit. Then it all went crazy. Then it, then all, it all went, went crazy. Shit. Han was out there. Han and Leia were kind of out there. Then it went all the shit. Yep. Oh, well. Anyway, if anyway. you have a chance, if you're looking for something to fill, to scratch the Star Wars itch until we get <laughs> Book of Boba or Mandalorian or whatever else whatever is else. coming down the pike, go watch Rebels. It's four okay. seasons. Oh. It's tight. It's very good. All very right. good. And it's set in the same time. It's set in the... Uh, approximately the same timeline as the Mandalorian. It's probably about 10 years earlier than the Mandalorian. So, all right. There all, you go. The all Star Wars cast. Um, almost like Bosch. If we could have a Star Wars and Bosch cast, are those audience, do they ever mix, you think? The, 
the Bosch and the Star Wars audience. <laughs> Only in PMR's have, fan fiction. I do. I do have a uh, Bosch update. Oh please! Oh, <laughs> I mean, since we're going down this rattle. <laughs> Bosch. The new the new series of Bosch is called Bosch Legacy. Bosch Legacy, wow! Is I he, also it was going to be called Bosch Knights. <laughs> and he like solves, yeah, he solves uh, mysteries and supernatural things. Does uh, is it does it have the same your favorite uh, Bosch personality, or is this like the legacy of Bosch? No, it's still it's him. Still, it's still him. Oh, and, okay. uh, He's got a. He's bringing along <laughs> his, his niece, his eight-year-old precocious niece. No, his eight-year, his twenty-one-year-old daughter. But oh. no, 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 no. But here's the thing: is uh, he's bringing along Ernie Douglas from My Three Sons as the uh, as the ME. So All right, I love it. Oh, and they're bringing Honey Chandler back, Mimi Rogers. Mimi oh, Rogers. Yeah, he's just thinking of Mimi Rogers. Uh, Mimi Rogers in her prime. All right, well, anyway. I did hear one last thing on Bosch since we're there. (laughs) I heard it's going to be set two years after the end of the season. Two years after the end of last season. It'll it'll be two years since it's been out by the time it airs. But you know what, Brad? On our uh, our promotion... You can say podcast. we're the only podcast that talks about Bosch. I <laughs> wish that were true. I think there are several Bosch casts out there. So. Yeah, while you're out there sampling other podcasts out there, Podman Ron, maybe I'll check out the Bosch casts. As much as he hates Bosch, he knows I can't a lot think about... of a property that had a longer lasting effect on PMR. <laughs> of hatred. It's like he, yeah. he can't get him out of his brain. <laughs> I cannot explain this show. It's just so Oh, Bosh. I can't escape you, Bosh. I, I cannot explain it. It is so bad and good at the same time. Bosh. 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 All right. Well, oh, hey. That, it sounds sounds like uh, a winner for uh, for you to start the Bosh Legacy cast. Check it well, out. I think, Brad, you, now at this point, you need to watch it. Ugh, I don't think I can. I, I, no. The MST three thousand bought an episode because oh my god, so much good stuff to, to rag on it for. All right, well we'll have to right. we can do that one day. All right, uh, no, as far as we know, no one died. It's been a good week mm-hmm. for uh, celebrities. Uh, well, William Shatner still that, around. Uh, oh. The guy that played base the baseball player in all those different movies. He was in uh, Field of Dreams and all. All right. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's been in a lot of movies. Oh, well. He's like a utility actor that was in a bunch of stuff. He was in The Sandlot and in Field of Dreams. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I know. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll miss him. Oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of ghosts. <laughs> Ghostbuster Afterlife. We've uh, we've been waiting for this uh, this movie to happen. Ever since the... 35 years. 35 years or uh, 10 years or whatever. When, when was the uh, the all-female Ghostbusters movie? When was that? 2000... 2016. 2016. Okay, so we've been waiting since 2016 for a Ghostbusters but, movie. But honestly, don't you remember when they announced this? It was just such a surprise because yeah. they announced it with a teaser trailer. And no one even knew they were even making this stupid movie, much less being made with the son of the original director. So... 
they kind of surprised us with this one. They surprised you, didn't they? And they surprised you with a, a sentimental punch to the gut, it sounds like, for PMR. It was a sentimental punch to the gut. All right. Uh, Brian. <laughs> uh, so Ghostbusters Afterlife. Brian, give us a quick premise of this movie. It's set. I mean, it's set in, in present day. Can we uh, spoilers? Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, it's set in present day. They've all drifted apart. You find out that after the events of Ghostbusters 2, uh, like the paranormal activity started to really curtail itself. And, and Ray even says, well, you know, you see we had 10 calls a week and then it got down to one call a week. And then and then uh, Egon started pulling some crazy shit and everybody got pissed at Egon and he went off and became a hermit. hermit. And you find out <laughs> the reason Egon became a hermit is uh, because he thinks... Uh, uh, Gozer's coming back. What, Vig Lorthos coming back. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's essentially that it, off. and it picks up with uh, it picks up with uh, Egon's death, and you meet his his family that they never referenced before. <laughs> that somehow so. they never referenced before, and uh, and then so his kids, uh, some of the kids, and a couple of wacky characters that they pick up all along the way become essentially the new Ghostbusters. Uh, but but not without of uh, uh, you know the old Ghostbusters coming back. But before we get to all of that territory. Uh, let's Podman Ron. You you said after the movie, you said this was a pitch perfect movie, right? Uh he's so perfect, speechless. Yeah. There he goes. Yes, yeah, I was. I said it was a pitch perfect sequel and and actually a pitch perfect movie. I would actually go see this again at the theater because I wow. liked it so much. Well, Even we'll, more so yes. than the actual pitch perfect trilogy. The pitch perfect trilogy. Well, Podman Ron, I think you may need to keep your phone still a little bit because we keep losing your audio there. Uh, but uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, as Brian said, we saw Egon, we saw the silhouette of Egon get killed. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we pick up with his family and there's dysfunction going on and everything. Uh, but we've got some precocious kids, I'm telling you. Podman Ron. Uh, tell us about Egon's grandchildren that uh, eventually become the new Ghostbusters here. Who's uh, his his granddaughter? Who looks what? What was she about? 15, 14, 15? Well, she, they just she was thirteen or twelve. Thirteen. Yeah. Right. She uh, she's a scientist like him. She's kind of like a genius like he was, and uh, you know has a sassy attitude, and uh, she's not scared of anything because you know. Like I said several times during the movie, I'd been running down halfway down the street if a light started moving when I was talking to it. But, you know, <laughs> she seemed to, like, take it in stride, like, oh, hey, how are you? And, uh, but she, uh, she, as she says numerous times in the movie, she is a scientist. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, stuff does not surprise or shock her. So, well, she, uh, yeah, I actually like She's Egon. I yeah, mean, she's she yeah. they, they did all the archetypes again. She's Egon, so right. just her curiosity of the situation. But I wouldn't call her necessarily sassy. It was just kind of she had a little bit of sass in her. Yeah, she was a she was an kid. oddball. She was weird. <clears throat> and we should say uh, again, just going to spoiler territory here, uh, that the Egon's daughter uh, inherits this old house in the middle of nowhere. They get evicted because she's a, evidently a loser as well. 
<laughs> they get evicted from their New York City apartment. They go live there. Uh, fish out of water. They got the daughter, who's a weirdo scientist. Then uh, Finn uh, from uh, uh, Stranger Things, yeah. who plays himself from Stranger Things. We'll establish uh, <laughs> McKenna Grace, who's the granddaughter's name is Phoebe. Yes, and let's call her Phoebe. Finn Wolfhart, who's the grandson's name is Trevor. Okay, let's call them Phoebe so, and Trevor, just for simplicity. And I understand for plot purposes why this happened, but is it weird that she's so she's so smart and a scientist, but she's in summer school? Hmm, interesting, interesting. Is that I, right. I missed that part? So that's yeah. and this is where Paul Rudd comes into again, uh, world's sexiest man, Paul Rudd, playing Paul Rudd again. Yeah. <laughs> not, not much of a stretch. Not much of a stretch for Paul Rudd or Finn in this movie. They kind of play said, the same characters. Yeah, and as we've said in the past, that's the true mark of a movie star. <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, a, a, an actor portrays and inhabits the character he's playing. A movie star just plays themselves in just different situations. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. And he is the summer school teacher, and he's he takes uh, he takes a shine in toward Phoebe, the precocious uh, uh, spiel, spiel, uh, what, Spangler. Can't think of the they last have a lot Spangler. Of yeah, because because. Uh, he likes science, and she likes science. Yeah, but it's and not he likes creepy her at all. Not creepy at all that he likes her. Well, um, so to to carry on the precociousness, she makes a friend with a podcaster of all people, a young podcaster named Podcast. Who named Podcast? I mean, how conceited does a car- someone have to be? To name themselves after, <laughs> yeah, after the podcast. After their podcast, yeah, that's what a douche. I know, even for a little kid or a what are your thoughts fifty on that some old man. <laughs> that's an ego, my friend. That is an ego. It just, pro- it just proves that uh, someone's listening to our podcast and stealing our ideas. Yeah, that's exactly what it that's proves. what it is. Uh, so, anyways, uh, they find the hellhole, and Gozier and uh, the other people come back, and it's kind the of the same. The gatekeeper, the gatekeeper, the keymaster, key master, the marshmallow people are back. Uh, it was a little bit of a rehash, which is fine because it has been thirty some odd years, so that's okay. Uh, but let, let's talk a little bit about the the plot here. That it, uh, Brian, what did you think of it overall? Well, I like the plot because it basically it, it does tie in well with the first movie, right? So you've got – I'm sorry. I don't know why that keeps going on. You've got the um, – basically the uh, the building that they made in Manhattan, you know, and they talked a lot about the building. Egon, or Egon talked about the building and how odd it was the way they built it. Uh, well, you find out this – the mine – where they pulled the metal to build the, ra- the to build the the, uh, the building uh, is why there is this mine and, the, and there is a temple underneath it like a uh, um, Aztec temple say, whatever Sumerian. Carpathian yeah, yeah Sumerian that Sumerian temple and so that was why they uh, uh, um, it's set here which is it's kind of cool and that's that's why you find out why Egon. <laughs> Did you know abandon his family and and go move to this dirt farm out in uh, in nowhere? So he so. so he was trying to. He knew that uh, eventually the bad guys would come back. So he built this whole system of uh, the Ghostbuster blasters to keep them at bay and traps all over the place. So he basically gave up his life, gave up his friends, all that stuff, 
to sit there and protect the world against what he knew was going to be the apocalypse coming back at some point. Yeah, he was the man on the wall. He was the man right. on the wall. You know, the the problem, Podman Ron, I'm hoping you can help me out here, because the problem that I had with this, one of the big problems, one of the big problems I had with it, keeps me from giving it a six out of five, is that I never felt like there was any jeopardy whatsoever, mainly because no one lived in this town they were in. <laughs> You never there was car there was car street uh, scenes going everywhere. They're blowing everything up. No one ever was like, "Oh my God, the the streets the sign's going to fall on me. I'm about to die," or anything like that. Compared to, yeah, again, this was uh, in Oklahoma or something. I think so. It's not New York, mm-hmm. but you know, you think of Ghostbusters and the craziness of the giant marshmallow man and all this stuff. Here it was sort of like uh, there were probably about ten people that lived in the town, and maybe they were they could have scraped their knee running. Well, it was never more prevalent than when Paul Rudd was in Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was no one else in that Walmart. Right. Why were they open twenty four hours? And like who, who goes ran... to a Walmart in the middle of the night? That's what I say. <laughs> well, that's he ran out. You, he ran through that whole store. He busted out the front door. There was only one car in the parking lot. And there was nobody else. There was no other shoppers in the store. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, I have been in a Walmart like that at two o'clock in the morning. Oh yes, we all we've all been there. But you know what I mean? There, they never felt like there was any like Egon was trying to protect the world here. If they would have maybe shown different scenes of New York or Paris or London, you know, things falling apart, the world going to shit. But it just, it felt like there were no stakes whatsoever in this to, to uh, coin a phrase from uh, Brian. Well, I think there were stakes. I mean, I mean, they were, I mean, they were just starting small, I guess, you know, I mean, (laughs) small budget. Yeah. New York, New York, you know, was too big last time. So uh, they started, Starting small. I don't know why they. Did well, that. here's I the thing too. How, this is how they also probably filmed it without people knowing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, right. But again, you know, I just kind of paralleled it with the fact that it's a, you know, it's a new Ghostbusters. You know, it's a passing of the torch. It were a young group, so of course, the young group is going to be. You know, you. You have no reason for the young group to be in New York. So, I mean, so the small town. There's no kids in New York. There's no kids in New York. No, I I hear you. I just, to me, it made it feel, felt like there were, again, there was, uh, there were no stakes. Like there was no one really in danger here whatsoever. And I think the the whole point of it was basically, uh, there's not, uh, and, and sometimes I find that refreshing. Like, you know, not everything has to be the end of the world, you know? At the same time, it would make more sense if, like, there was other people running out of that Walmart with Paul Rudd, or somebody had to duck when they were shooting the uh, the uh, plasma through blaster town. throughout the street. Yeah, or the or no... the police would have come to the house when they saw the giant clouds and lightning yeah. and all that stuff. They're like, no one there. So, the, so it goes into some tropes that uh, you know nowadays. Whenever you have even superhero movies or whatever where they're like we got to evacuate people from the city because the big bad guys are going to be there and we're going to break some we're going to break some shit and we don't want anybody to be hurt so you know whether it's uh batman v superman or avengers you know what i mean it's just sort of like it's always very convenient that 
these big disaster movies, so to speak. Like, oh, well, let's let's do it in a place where it's abandoned, so that way we don't have to show people actually in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's a small town. I mean, you know, I mean, you're not going to have... I see what y'all are talking about, and I I get it. But I mean, I was okay with it. I didn't mind the town being. I I kind of liked it. It was different. It wasn't New York again. We've seen that in three other Ghostbusters movies. It was nice right. to change the pace. That it was something different, something smaller scale. You know, I I, I liked all the kids. I I liked all the kids. I liked yeah. The characters. I thought they did a a great job. I mean, Phoebe did a great job. She was perfect. I thought. Um, I like the podcast kid. I like the the lucky girl, and I like the uh, I like Finn. He just didn't really have name I of the really whole cast. Thought, <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was going to uh, play a bigger role than he did. Yeah, he really he didn't have of, much of a role at all. <clears throat> he really didn't have much of a role or a personality, actually. So, well, I know? think the the point of that was they were making it a, like a love letter to Egon. Uh, to Harold Ramis, right? And so they put her in, and, and she was the star of the movie, right. and she she was doing a Harold uh, Harold Ramis impression the whole time. Uh, I think what you've got too is the archetypes, right? Podcast is is obviously Ray, right? Oh, yeah. Ray stands, uh, you know, a Finn Wolfhart, uh, Trevor is. Uh, uh, I think in, you know when we get a sequel from this, because we'll almost definitively get a sequel from this. Uh, he's he's your Vinkman, but he can't. You know, it's is he going to choose scenery like um, uh, Bill, um, Bill Murray. Murray would? Not in this movie. Not when Bill Murray's going to show up, and it's all about Egon. Well, so I, I think they they didn't really know what to do with Finn because I think yeah. you had Paul Rudd was more your Bill Murray type. He was more your jokester and <clears throat> funny guy and ladies man type of guy, and you know Finn was just kind of there. It was He's like, just there. But we've seen him do that in other <laughs> projects, right? So I, I assume that's where they're going with him. I and hope it, so. it, what, I mean, you know, I mean, what's funny is the girl that he was, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, pining over the whole movie, right? At the end, she's basically uh, Winston. Yeah. She, right. At the end of the movie, she throws on a, on a proton pack and just jumps in the car with him, like. <laughs> Like with no other like build up or why she would be doing any of it, right? Yeah, she just she just tags along, so she's like their Winston. Um, I think. Uh, well, we'll well, we'll hold on to that because there's obviously there's the where, where do we go next? So we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about so, that. So. <clears throat> oh, go ahead, Brad. Oh no, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, you know, I keep hearing the mixed reviews that oh, you know, the tone is different from the original Ghostbusters and. You know, it's like God. I don't know what these people expect anymore. I mean, when they built, they, when they did that 2016 Ghostbuster, which was a total disgrace and a farce. Um, you know, an atrocity. It, an atrocity. <laughs> they tried to capture that old, you know, the Ghostbusters, the the, the comedy in it, and it just didn't work. I mean, um. So now he tried to do something different, tried to tie it in and try to make it. Makes, no one's happy with anything. No one's no, happy with anything. Know, what this movie did, I mean, two films that remind me of, of course, it remind me of The Force Awakens because they take you know, basically the right. same plot of the original and, and update it and, you know, put the member berries and the, you know, the feels for the past stuff, the nostalgic. But it also reminded me of... Uh, Rocky Four and uh, Creed Two, where it took a 
where it took a kind of a goofy movie from the eighties where, you know, Ghostbusters, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of goofy. And then they tried to, and so was Rocky four. It was kind of the goofy of the bunch what? and, and they tried to update it and make it serious, you know, try right. to give it some cred. And this is what I think they tried to do with this. They tried to, to Rocky four Creed to it where they they tried to, to, uh, give it a little bit of uh, seriousness and, you know, more cred than that, uh, than all the jokey stuff. Than just a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I agree with that, but I also think it's part of why people are giving it mixed reviews. So, oh, I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know, but again, I don't know what fucking people want. Do they just... No, like I, I'm when I'm sitting at the impression I got sitting through it. The impression I got was we got two movies. It's everything that happened up to them uh, going and finding the well, and Gozer coming out of the well, and then everything after. Like everything before, to your point, felt like they were making stuff serious and trying to take like the the premise and 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 make it uh, more serious, but more fleshed out that sort of thing. And then suddenly, a Ghostbusters movie started, <laughs> like yeah. an hour into this film, right? And so it it, uh, it it's the the tone shifted so hard; it was yeah. such a hard shift. It was like you were watching two different movies, um, and I get it. We got at some point we got to get on the track to show, you know, we got to we got to find a way to get back on uh, in the world where Ray and Winston and Venkman showing up makes sense, right? Because right. we can't make the movie without them showing up. But it is. It's like it just shifted so hard right there. It felt like two totally different movies. I liked it though. I, I, I liked it. it. I like let's, it. Uh, let's let's I think, talk. I think the worst part of the movie, and it, oh, yeah, here right, we, go. we we talked about it, was, and I was, you know, I was fine with it, but it was a little bit too much. Is when she calls Dan Aykroyd, you know, Ray, and he just goes on this. Let me tell you, just yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, it was all exposition. Yeah. Oh my god, he goes through a whole exposition fill spill. He don't even know who he's talking to. She don't really tell him who she is until after he <laughs> spills his guts. But he tells her everything. He just wanted somebody to I talk mean, to. He just tells her what happened to, you know, to Egon and, we you know, where Peter's at now and where it happened to Winston and why they all – he goes through the whole detail. I mean, he's, he talks like for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And then she finally goes, well, he was my grandfather. And then yeah. hangs up. Uh, well, I, yeah, she says that right after he says, Egon can go to hell. It's like, yeah. whoa, you, you're talking to a kid here. Settle down, fella. Well, who, no, you don't know who he's talking to. He's just talking to some random girl that just called. I mean, it was just so weird. It was like, come on, they could have they could have done that exposition somewhere else in the movie. It feels like they could have, but yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't just. It was like he's dead. He died last week, and I'm his granddaughter. Like after he went right. on that tirade, right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> like, I mean, it should have been high. You know, I, I, he was my grandfather. He died, and he could have. That said, would well, explain why he opened up. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but there was like no reason for him to open up to some caller on the phone. Well, let me tell you all my problems. You know, I mean, it was like, okay, that was a little bit too much. But other than that, everything else was, to me, the ending was perfect ending. So let's let's talk toward the ending here. So we, uh, the 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 little kids somehow or another know uh, instinctively 
all of them for the most part, instinctively know how to work the proton packs and the uh, all the fancy. You, you flip some switches and you pull, push a button. Egon, thankfully, left uh, Ecto-1 with a full tank of gaths, and uh, the remote-controlled car had battery power to blast. I mean, again... Suspension you know, of disbelief. Completely, right? yes, but, but I will say that we, in the past, have made fun of movies that we... Superhero right. movies... Where we're like, how did how did he know they were going to be there? It's like, well, I don't know. How did the Ghostbusters just know to show up there after one phone call? Uh, so, you know, we got to be fair to ourselves here, too, that there was a lot of stupidity in this movie. Yeah, I, I guess they because there were so many junked vehicles around it, the, assum- the assumption is that he kept the car in working order or yes. close but to working order. Can I, can, I, can I throw in another theory, guys? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Brian, Brian should know this theory because he not not the theory itself, but you know, I uh, Jason Reitman that his yep. name has gone yep. on record to say that uh, <clears throat> Ghostbusters Two is also canon because there's been talk that you know they were going to do this like Halloween that you know after the you know Halloween the right. first movie is canon and everything else is not. <clears throat> so there was talk that. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 wasn't going to be canon and he's come out and said nope Ghostbusters 2 was canon for this mm-hmm. movie and you know they will probably touch on Ghostbusters 2 stuff in the sequel well Brian the biggest remember, thing is you remember in Ghostbusters 2 they changed the, the car it was the logo was changed and right. the ghost mm-hmm. was holding up a peace sign which was for 2 and uh, it had like a the, like the little sign the neon sign that was like a, right right saying call ghostbusters had their numbers like an advertising sign and it was called ecto 1a so my theory is that he uh there was two ectos oh. they had two and uh <laughs> egon had that one stored okay. after the first movie and they had a second one in the second movie there right. you go. We well got there was also a weird uh Ray tells her that the old fire station has become a Starbucks. Right. But yeah. then, then at the very end, you see the fire station. Yeah. It's still there. It's still there. It's not a Starbucks. Yeah, I so. don't understand. Maybe, maybe that will be explained. <clears throat> They'll have to retcon it. I doubt it. Uh, probably not. So anyway, so let, let's go. So the, the, the kids, again, instinctively know how to work every piece of equipment and every car and all the gadgets and all that stuff. Suspension of disbelief, that's fine. Uh, yeah. And... <laughs> And no one in the rest of the town gets hurt, and that's okay too. Uh, but suspension so, suspension is disbelief. So they get to the the final uh, act, and they got the uh, they got Gozer and everybody on the run, and all that kind of stuff. And all seems to be lost uh, until the the old Ghostbusters show up somehow or another. They know instinctively where to show up at, and are able to get there relatively quickly. I think, right? Right. I mean, well. She called him a couple. I feel like it was a couple of days beforehand. She called him. Yeah, I feel like it was too. Okay, but uh, here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> all of these has a private plane. Winston's rich now. So oh, that's he true. Really has money. Well, think about this though. Like, uh, <laughs> I cannot nobody wait to saw break this out. Again. This plane or this car pull up, and three old men, infir- <laughs> somewhat infirm old men, get <laughs> out and and put eighty pound proton packs on. <laughs> Like there was up. a lot going on, Brian. Do you think they actually could? I mean, even I mean, 
There's some, there's shit going all, all over the place. I don't think Even Gozer didn't see it. Up. No one saw it. Gozer didn't see it. Gozer the... was fucking busy with fucking trying to kill everybody. I mean, come on. Gozer wasn't paying attention to that. You know, another thing that, again, I can suspend my disbelief, but again... You, you think someone nudged Gozer and said, hey, boss? Yeah, the do- one of those dogs probably should have looked up, should have smelt them, should have yeah, smelt yeah. them, right? You know, like when Phoebe was like, hey, mom, throw the switch, now hit the box and all that stuff. You know, she could have like prepped her beforehand because it was like, oh, this switch here? I mean, it's just the whole thing... I'm just saying that the script and the directing left a lot to be desired. Are you going to explain when the shit's going down? Are you going to explain how everything works? They could have. They could have. No, you just going to say, fucking hit the button, goddamn. Well, they could. They they had the mom. They saved the mom beforehand and had her in the car and everything. They could have said, hey, here's the plan. But instead, they just like, oh, oh my gosh, uh, we're going to make this up as we go along. Anyway. That's all I ever do is make shit up as I Well, that's, that's the, the podcast. Hey, you know? uh, and then at the end, right again, the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters show up and all seems lost again because uh, they cross the streams and the ghost, Gozier or whoever takes it apart because they need a fourth stream. <clears throat> and who, who comes to save the day? You're damn right. The Harold ghost, Ramis. The ghost of Harold Ramis. <laughs> ghost I, of I Harold kind of Ramis. didn't like him showing up. I was okay. I was okay with him showing up. I was not okay. Like eight minutes later, when he was still hanging around. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Hey, uh, what, what are you guys gonna do? <laughs> More my Ray Romano instead of Harold okay, Ramis. We've but... had enough Harold Ma- Ramis. Come on, man. I guess yeah, I gotta go just... now. Harold, Harold, you still here? <laughs> Give me a hug. He hung out the whole time. And it was like, if he could make himself visible, why didn't he do it before then? Right, because before then, he was just twirling lamps around and shit like that. Right? Y'all are really, really... (laughs) But I'm just saying that there could have... This is, again, this is probably uh, borrowing something from Brian and said, there's a few tweaks the director could have, different choices, that would have made this a much better movie. What would you want him to do? It was a very touching ending. It it was. was, Here's what I would have done. It was really cool. Hold on. When they were all standing there in the line shooting, and all of a sudden he appears next to them, all four of them are shooting. That scene will never happen again because Harold Ramis is literally dead now. And... <laughs> he was dead before that scene. Too. It could happen again. You don't think by the time they make another Ghostbuster that Dan Aykroyd is going to be dead in real life? Yeah, Peter, hey, Peter Aykroyd did die. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have uh, given him an end I, I, I didn't know he had a brother. We <laughs> didn't. No one did. There you go, Peter. Uh, so, anyway, but, I mean, it was a... It was a cool tribute it was a cool it was it was program. it was a cool tribute i just and, and, and to to the jump on brian's you know <laughs> hatefulness so i like the scene where he stuck around too long and said no. goodbye to his daughter you know it was nice it was touching because it she felt was. like he never he never you know cared about her so it was like it a, was but it there was, was something closer. bad about it it felt like it was god y'all feel like a uh Brian, how could you have made me like this movie better? All right. So here's what I would have done. I still think I <laughs> is this, like this is a new segment. Here's the new segment. Here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done by Brian. 
right. So uh, I think I like the idea of of Harold showing up, right? I don't like seeing his face. I think that was a big thing for me. I would have rather seen like the innuendo that he was yes. there than actually see him there. Yeah. And, and, it, and it brings me to that uh, that famous poem, you know, about Jesus and the footprints in the sand. Oh, yeah. And when you only saw one set of footprints, it's because I was carrying you, right? So, so he could if, have been guiding Phoebe's hand or whatever, or, or you could have you could have still had you could have panned out behind them. You see the you see the fourth stream come in, and then you cut to a, a shot behind them, and you you pan around from Ray to Vinkman to to Winston, and then you see like the silhouette of of uh, Egon. <laughs> You know, using the uh, using the proton pack, right? But you don't see his face because right. you didn't see his face in the beginning. Then yeah. you could even have done something at the end where you know, over on the side, they see like his daughter and him. Do, like, there's something going on over right. there, and you see a silhouette of him where they're making amends, and then he's gone. Yeah, but like, like there should there was no need for him to have like the goodbye with with Phoebe and the goodbye with Trevor yeah, and the. And then high fiving the uh, the one girl and, <laughs> right. and and finger guns the podcast. I mean, it, it, felt, <laughs> like it went on way too long. Awesome. I don't know what y'all talking about. He's podcast, talking long, my man. man. Again, but again, when in, in the go. in the scene where the his daughter finds all the photographs of her graduation yeah, and all resolved. that. He then was he there. Yeah. He, he was there because he kept turning the lights, looking around or whatever type stuff, guiding yeah, so her to that. She, yeah, it, she already understood. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. that have been a good place for him to oh, appear as an as an oh, apparition oh, to have that moment with his daughter as opposed to... Or not even have it. Like that, let that be the moment. Yeah, oh no, that's what I'm saying, but I'm just saying in this world where he can appear as a corporal yeah. being that yeah, people it, it, that would have been it, the time he could have done that why didn't he show up at the beginning and then like <laughs> and just was, and, scare anybody. and he can lift things he can move things he, he should have wrote on the window or something yeah hey this is a <laughs> no he's such a trickster listen <laughs> look i am so sorry i was an asshole Here, here's the thing though it was a beautiful moment Moment. <laughs> it went on for like ten minutes. Well, what do you want him to do? Just fucking go. Well, yeah. he, I guess he did. Jeez. Done. Uh, so was yeah, a that was tribute. It was, it, it, it was nice, but it was a little. It was again. It was an, nice. I think a better story and better director could have made me like it better. Oh, you guys are y'all are full of shit. All but right. you agree, Brad? You agree with my assessment? It went on way too long. Yeah, I, I just I didn't it like went it at on all. Way too long. What? It was sweet, oh, but I didn't God. like it. Why if, didn't you like it? What was there not like about? We've that? just said for like the past five minutes. <laughs> but no, you really didn't. You just told me what you I, would do. I don't. It I don't like him long. showing up as a as a, a human being looking thing. Because right. he, it's called fucking Ghostbusters. I know, but ghosts. all throughout the rest of the movie, previous to that, we we knew that Egon was around as a ghost because he could move the lights around right. and he could do all that stuff. So Play I chess. would have, I would have rather him, kind of like what Brian said. My thought was that. Uh, uh, Penelope or whatever, the little girl would be kind of blasting all over the place and couldn't control it. And then all of a sudden, we would, you know, not a being, a force ghost shows up, but somehow or another, Egon's, you know, hand calms her and aims the thing or whatever. And she gets control just, of it and you just... And now, 
you see the silhouette maybe or an impression of him being there or a distortion a stuff. distortion or you know a distortion let me, let me, but that's it let me go on record to say this all right <laughs> all right if that would have happened yeah we would be sitting here and y'all would be going well, man, they cheaped out, man. They should have shown Egon. I don't, I don't know. No, I didn't want to see him, and I didn't expect to see him. What do you mean? I didn't expect to see him, and I didn't want to see him. And and honestly, it's not I like got, he was like like decomposing or anything. No, no, but I'm just saying, like it just that felt weird. It felt like a weird choice. And and honestly, like it, the stuff that people didn't like about Star Wars, where they Grand Moff Tarkin and Prince Leia and all that crap. It's like they did it again. Like they could have, and again. I thought it looked good. I thought it because looked good. it looked fine, but it was just unnecessary. Because they did it right. <laughs> because they did it, it kind of it kind of devalues the first half of the movie. Right. Right. Because it's like he can't be seen. This is more grounded. We're trying to make this 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 universe a little more real, a, a little more believable that it could happen. Unlike the '80s movies. And then they go boom right back to the '80s movie, and they show him as the ghost. It's like you, just unneeded. I would have loved it if he would have uh, pulled the librarian ghost on Vinkman or something like that, and you know, Vinkman would be like, "Oh my God, buddy, good to see you again." And he does like, Brah! or so, you know, like uh, Beetlejuice him or something. That would have been kind of well, funny. I wish Ray had given us this, uh, told us what happened between him and the blowjob ghost. Uh, where did that? Where did that? Uh, uh, that yeah, she didn't appear. <laughs> that relationship deteriorate. Yeah, I thought this was a perfect movie. I thought this was. A <laughs> Let me tell you, kid. I, I, I used to I, I don't want to take a ghost. I don't. And she dumped me in '92. I don't want to take away that movie from you. I want you to hold on to this movie. We, I am. I'm holding on to it because we we would be sitting here bitching about how we didn't see his ghost if no. it was. The way y'all say it, y'all be going. No. Oh, they should have showed his face. I don't know why they showed his face. I don't know. I, it, again, it's kind of a slippery slope, you know. Not to get too uh, cinematic. You know I would love when wish I'm Alex dead, was here. When I'm dead, you can fucking you know reanimate me. I don't, well, I don't CGI you. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to CGI you, you into the podcast. I don't yeah, want to see – if you want to lift up a Jawa <laughs> figure or something, and I'd be like, oh my god, Ronnie's with me. But I don't want to see you. Why? <laughs> I wish Alex was here because he would want to debate the, you know, the philosophical, the existential crisis of, okay, so now, again, we could have any actor dead that's going to appear in Ghostbusters now or whatever with CG, you know, recreation and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's it's a it's a debate for another podcast, maybe. As long as the family likes it, I mean, Harold Ramis's family—he got permission from their family. Yeah, they like the they like it. They thought it was a great fitting tribute to them. Yeah, you know. All right, so let me uh, let me just address something. When when you're gone, PMR, I already have you captured, right? (laughs) In uh, in WrestleMania in WWE. Uh, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania 2000. Our creative character of PMR <laughs> that looks just like him. That we, when you pass, I'm going to make sure. Like I play that game all day. <laughs> just reminisce. Just reminisce. All right, so let's get my ass beat on the. Let, it let's won't be the same without me throwing the controller and pitching well, it. Hit the reset button. Hit the I'll reset keep playing button. the game until my controller shoots out of my hand. Right. And then, and then know. you'll know he's with me. He's with me. All right. So at the end, we get a couple of mid credit scenes here. 
uh, post credit scene. What was the first one? The first one was Peter Sigourney Weaver. Oh yeah, yeah. that was stupid. Um, so I guess that was the show that they're married or they're still together. I guess. Yeah, so. that was kind of yeah. silly, but that was fine. It was good. Again, good to see. Sigourney Weaver, I guess, and everything, but it's still. I'd love to see those two kids stuck it out. Yeah. Well, any chance to uh, to let Bill Murray choose choose some scenery is fine with me. Right, right. So, uh, and then we find out the real the real meat of it. Uh, Winston is uh, you know Bruce Wayneing it up somewhere or another, uh-huh. and he's right. a billionaire now, and he's talking to Janine, I guess, and. They're reminiscing about stuff. No, that's. I can see how you'd make that mistake, but do you know what he was actually doing? What was he doing? That was her job interview. Ah. He's hiring her to run the Ghostbusters or oversee ah, the new Ghostbusters. Interesting. I didn't know. I didn't pick up on that. I mean, they didn't expressly say it, but that's that's my uh, assumption. Is well, if you guys remember back when they were doing this um, Ghostbusters 2016, and that's where. They did it at the beginning of this film. They did it at the beginning of that 2016 film. It was called the Ghost Corps. That was their Marvel. That yeah. was their what do you call that? Um, their universe. Yep. Um, that was their um, multi-universe thing. Um, so they were going to do the Ghost Corps. So I think, and Brian, I, I'm sure you're right that they're doing that with this movie. They're going to build a a franchise out of it with all these ghosts and the ghost core is going to be different, you know, ghostbusters all over the place. Right. So, Ghostbuster uh, international. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Exactly I mean, I think that's an interesting thought. Well, I think what we're going to get next, cause I guess that we're, that's where we're at at this, at this point is what comes after this. Right. So the uh, Winston, my thought is he's hiring Janine to oversee the Ghostbusters or the Ghost Corps, or whatever it's going to be. Uh, by the time the movie comes back, you know Finn, who's fifteen, will be eighteen, right? They can age him right. up, and Phoebe, they can age up if they need to, um, and bring them back if they want to as part of the Ghostbusters. Right. But then you've also got uh, Oscar hanging around out there, baby Oscar from right. Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Bring yep. him up. So. Uh, you know, you could do something like you know the beginning minutes. Uh, Venkman dies, right? Oh no! And, there we go. And it and it brings everybody back together, and and Do that's where Oscar figure? comes Do in. Do we get his figure, a Ghost Force uh, figure? No, no. no. He's... Harold, Harold, Harold Ramis with him. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so they could, uh, and essentially we see after um, the scene with Winston and and Janine. You see uh, a Ghostbusters vehicle. Well, first you see Winston airing up, opening up the uh, the firehouse and, and, and airing everything out and everything. And uh, he takes the Ghostbusters vehicle with him at the end of the movie because it's all shot right. out. And so he says he's going to fix it. Um, well, Ecto one, and then uh, then you see uh, like the Brooklyn Bridge, and Ecto one's got the, oh. the the alarm going and it's going down the bridge. Playing Ray Parker Jr. Shot. as loud as he can. Yeah, playing Ray Parker Jr. as loud as I can. So, I mean, obviously they're wanting to this to kick off another, you know, a, a full universe. And see, that's, again, well, who part does? of my issue is you, you have that hard shift in the middle. I wasn't a huge fan of the Egon stuff at the end. It went on way too long, and I think there was a better way to do it. And then they're also trying to set up a new universe. So I think that's part of what... 
because it wasn't just Ghostbusters 3, it wasn't just, hey, we just want to make the best movie we can. They're right. trying to they're trying to do fan service and build a universe and, you know, uh, honor Harold Ramis. Uh, I think we, you know, it got a little watered down because of that. Yeah. So. But uh, again, I'm all for it, Podman Ron. Don't get me wrong. I'm criticizing it. I am too. Uh, but I would, I would, I think we could get a couple of good movies out of it. But I'm not sure if a so full fledged franchise. You yeah, know, I, I don't know how much either. you could go on with it, but. And honestly, believe somewhere or another, they're going to validate that turn of a movie in 2016. They should. They should go ahead and say, "Yeah, that that was another thing that Winston had already set up in Chicago or well, wherever no, it took place." They already, no, it took place. It was totally a reboot. There's no. I way, know, it, but they it, should. It they should retcon a, it in. It would, you know, to, it would have to be a different universe. It's so weird, and we talked about this at the time. There's a. We talked about this movie in in an episode. What the hell is that? I, I just go oh. with it. Uh, Podman Ron shaving. He's, he's <laughs> drying his hair. Um, Excuse me. There's, uh, that movie. That, that is a noisy fleshlight. <laughs> that fleshlight is noisy. It's gas powered. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, uh, was it? That whole ghost blowjob thing really got to Pond Man. It did. It, it got him going. I wonder how that would feel. Huh, I wonder. I wonder. Uh, you know, Paul Feige is a fine director. He's directed some really funny movies. Right? Yeah. And, and the whole cast, everybody in the cast was great. Yeah, that movie was god awful. Yeah, it was terrible. And, and you can, it, there's even stuff in the film where it's like clearly. There was either some sort of infighting between him and the studio. There was something because you can even see where there's cuts to the movie that they don't reference, right? The whole thing with the dance number with Chris Hemsworth on, in, in front of the hotel or whatever it is. Like they reference it and you can see where, oh, the, the dance number should have gone in here. Uh, and it's not. No, it should never have been in. No, no. But like the way it was right, in the script right. there. But it's like, so it cuts in the middle and it just makes this weird sort of sequence in all of it. Yeah, I can't understand how that movie, what, uh, there's got to be a story to that. At one point, we'll get a story of, you know, what the hell went wrong with uh, Ghostbusters what, 2016. What I, what I really hate about all that <clears throat> in 2016 is they tried to blame it on, you know, oh, it's male chauvinism. Right. Because they had an all-female cast. And I'm like, no, it's just because it was just bad. I mean, every, you know, it was... You, you well, had a great cast. You had a fantastic cast. You right. had a great director. He's a you know now, a comedy director, but you know. And now hard, years but. years later, you have a Ghostbuster with a little girl, a twelve year old girl or whatever she is in real life, that blew all of them out of the water, right? Oh, so, yeah, so it's like, yeah, everybody loves Phoebe. All right, so let let's. Uh, hey, can I make one point about what Ron just said? PMR said yes. So yeah, they they said it was all just you know male chauvinists couldn't get behind a female cast. You know, oh, the movie sucked. Like it, it, I, I was I was ready for the movie. I, I was happy with all the casting. I, I like yeah. all those actresses. Yeah, like I was on board, and the movie sucked. Right. Yeah. Um, but and this I almost brought it up in the news, but uh, it's kind of topical now. Did you guys see the comments from Ridley Scott today? No. <laughs> About the failure of the last du- the last duel, the movie that he. Uh, that he produced or that he directed and put out like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but it completely bombed at the box office. Completely the bombed. Last duel, I've never even heard of it. Uh, it earned just twenty-seven million on a hundred billion dollar budget. It's it's a 
uh, period piece set in England uh, about uh, a character who was Jody Cormer, uh, who is British, um, who was raped and testified that she was raped. And if she couldn't prove it, she was going to be burned alive for false accusations. So her supporting cast in this film is Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Adam Driver. So it's like, wow. Oh yeah, go watch the trailers. But but why would you make a a a period piece set in you know Britain in like the the uh, you know medieval times uh, and 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 cast Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, <laughs> and Adam Driver three three American actors right, when you've got right. plenty of British actors that could do these roles. So, but, but what he said today was the reason why uh, um, the reason why the film failed was because of millennial audiences. That's probably true. Uh, like they could they they just couldn't understand it. They're um, let's no, see. Well, I can tell you why it failed because no one wants to see that shit. I mean, I mean, come on, you can watch something like that on fucking Lifetime. You don't need to. Oh, speaking watch of what he I says, I watched uh, "Promising says. Young Woman" recently. That was good. Uh, he said, I think what it boils down to, this is this is Ridley Scott, Sir Ridley Scott. I think what it boils down to is what we've got today are audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones. Yeah. The millennials do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told it on a cell phone. Hmm. So the, it's not that he made a bad movie. It's cell phones and millennials. Yeah. And well, superhero so. movies, probably. And well, superhero movies. Here's the thing. This is not 19... 19- 95 where you only have a few choices you've got all kinds of streaming services you've got all kinds of fucking channels now you've probably even got a a channel that has a historical channel with movies for historical references i mean you no one's going to go see that as a mainstream movie it just does not appeal to everybody i mean know your audience know what people are going to go see that's kind of movie you'll just watch on tv if you want to see something like that that's not like you want to go to the movie to see that. I mean, it's not a feel good movie. No, nobody wants to go see that. I mean, nobody wants to see a big screen. Wait, watch that on TV or a streaming service. I mean, uh, can I go back to uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yes, sorry. All right, so that, that, was a, that was a hell of a sidetrack we went down that. Podman Run, what do you give this movie? You know what, Brian? I give this a six out of five. Wow, that is <laughs> incredible. Unheard and I of. I knew this was coming. Higher than Shang-Chi, Brian. Higher, higher than Shang-Chi. I knew this was coming. I was prepped for this <laughs> a day or two ago. And uh, I want to review the rating system again. One more time. To understand how we got to six. So a one, what is a one, PMR? A one is I tell you not to watch it. I say don't go, stay away from it. Why? Stay away from it. Okay. Right. What is a two? A two is I'll tell you I'll never watch it. I wish I wouldn't have never seen it. I would recommend you not to see it. Okay. If you want to go see it? Go see it. So one, you'll wrestle the keys out of my hand. Yes. Two, you're not going to fight me, but yeah. you strongly recommend I don't go see it. Right. All right. What's a three? Three is I've watched it. Eh, I will never watch it again. But I'll tell you to go watch it. Okay. All right. A four. <clears throat> a four. A four is I'll probably watch it one more time. <laughs> All right. 
Sure. In a five, five? I'll oh watch it multiple times. No, and a six. And now a six. A six <laughs> I love it so much. I, got, I, I bring out the flashlight. The flashlight. <laughs> I bring out the flashlight. No, no I'll, I'll actually go back to see it at the movie theater. Again. Okay, I, I like that. I like that. <clears throat> wow. There you go. There you go. All right. Oh, yeah, so it was a. Uh... Yeah. Perfectly reasonable rating. That system. makes a lot of sense. Six out of five. <laughs> Six out of five. Thank you. The rules mean nothing. <laughs> the rules make absolute sense, Brian. What do you give this movie? <laughs> Given what we just went over, Brian, what oh, do you man. give this movie? I give it a four out of five. I guess that's all I can hope for. Well, my four. Look, I reserve a five. Four a used five. to be pretty good. Four used to be pretty good. How can five. you not say this movie is not at least a five? At you least a five? Because five is the maximum. That's how I can say it. <laughs> at least, at a, least five. a five. Flies in the, in the I love of this that. rating system. I love that. It has to be at least a five. <laughs> at least a five. I, it Why used to be the most it could be. Out of five? It used to be most it could be was five. Now it's at least a five. <laughs> I give it a three. I mean, I'll give it a solid three, if that makes you feel any better. I enjoyed the movie, but I have no intention of seeing it again. He made you guys a perfect movie, a perfect follow-up. It was so uneven, though. Uh, yeah, it was the writing and directing. Other than the writing and directing, again, I liked all of the kids. A little let down by Paul Rudd. Didn't think much of the mom. <laughs> And I kind of didn't really like the goofiness of the uh, Ghostbusters appearing at the end. What do you mean the goofiness? That was the... the, uh, Jesus Christ. What would you put at the end? I'm just winning and... uh. No, I'm okay with... Here's the thing. I'm okay with them showing up. Right? I'm okay with them showing up. (laughs) I think it's weird how they got there. What do you mean it's weird? And then they they just crack jokes. Like, there's no joke cracking throughout the entire movie. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying that that exemplifies the unevenness of the writing right. of the movie, because they come in and now all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, remember me, baby? We had a hot date," and you, and that was the old Ghostbuster vibe, which is absolutely fine, but it was well, absent. The first half of the movie. It was yeah, absent the rest of the movie. The first half, because they weren't in the first. Half but you could movie. have still had the tone. The tone. That's that's what uh, would have made it a four for me. Yeah, see, you, what you said, right, where they tried to make it like Creed, I'm on board for all that. I'm on board for it where they try to make it a little more realistic, a little more believable. What, what if they would have brought in the robot at the end of Creed to, to give uh, yeah. Creed a, a drink? Here's <laughs> your Bud Light, Creed, by. too. <laughs> yeah. You'd be Holly, like, well, that's fucking weird. Why'd they bring Holly the robot? Holly willed me to you, Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Creed. To you, yeah, that's but, yeah. But it it felt like two different movies. It felt it felt like. Hang on, it felt like we got uh, a a ninety or a a, a twenty twenty one uh, reboot retelling. You know everything you said about Creed, uh, ver- and then and then they just went ahead in the last 40, 30 minutes and said, "No, nope, this is Ghostbusters 3. And like because so, it they, just, because the original Ghostbusters came back, which is yes. um, but the tone you was can, different. I mean, you completely can, right. shifted the tone. Right, you can bring them back and still maintain the tone you established in the first half of the uh, first three quarters of the movie, but they didn't. It's like it made this weird shift 
which uh, to the detriment of the movie. So okay. So uh, that's so, where so I go with three. Go. a three, okay, a four, so, and a seven or six. So, so here, let me, let me put an example. Brian, okay. That you may understand. Yeah, Brian. Okay. That I may understand. Brian, yeah, more. You, you fucking simple-minded <laughs> amoeba. <laughs> you simpleton. <laughs> there's, there's Brad, Brad, and Chris, and Tim are all sitting together at a table. Are we dead or alive? Eating, <laughs> 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 they're eating dinner at a table. All right. Yeah. And they're all just right. talking. Okay. They're just talking. Correct. And Is it manwich? It's manwiches, and you're gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're sitting around just talking, and the vibe is just because it's Tim, Chris, and Brad. Right. And the vibe is just that. And then all of a sudden, here you walk in, all jokey, guns a blazing, like, yeah, guns a blazing, all joke, 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 like Bill Murray. The tone's going to shift because that's your personality. You've added your personality to these guys, so See, you're gonna. So you, that's yeah, I mean that. that I would so, say that's true. That, so that's what happened. You can't just – you had to add these guys at the end. They're going to be jokey because that's their personality. <clears throat> if they weren't jokey, then, then everybody's going to be like, well, they didn't even act like the Ghostbusters. They act like a bunch of old men. Yeah, no, so see, I'm not – I haven't had a problem with them being jokey. Like, I, like that wasn't my issue. That was the issue. No, no my issue the is unevenness. The unevenness in the tone of the movie, right? Jokey. No, like, no, no. It's not that they were joking. It's that they that the movie feels like an entirely different movie when when not not when they show up. It feels like an entirely different movie when they find the pit and Gozer shows up. Once Gozer shows up, it feels like an entirely different film than the first hour and ten minutes, or whatever it was. The first first two acts and the third act feel feel completely different and completely uneven. And it, and I know why because they had to get it back on track for uh, to to for the nostalgia act, enough, yeah. right? And to get the re, the rematch between the original Ghostbusters and Gozer, right? I, I understand why they did it. My point is, there's a way they could have sanded down that harsh that that speed bump between Act Two and Act Three and made it a, an easier transition, right. while still honoring the characters. Right. Either and, director point, or writing, something needed to be tweaked. Right. And I think uh, at that point when they did, uh, and they were already three quarters of the way down this, this path. <laughs> half, <laughs> this, is, this is what the flashlight sees. POV, you're a flashlight. <laughs> For those of uh, you who are not on camera, Podman Ron just switched his camera on and we're looking at POV, you're a flashlight. Uh, staring at his He's menacingly hovering over us. It's not good. All right. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. That <laughs> what Roger Ebert, Roger, or the ghost of Roger Ebert would have agreed with me. He probably you know, would. Was, he probably. This would. was a nostalgic thing. All right. Well, that, this was a well, fantastic and I think the nostalgia is what got me from a three to a four. So okay, <laughs> look at that. You could almost you could but almost you still feel like Harold Ramis uh, just stuck around <clears throat> way too long. Get out of here, Harold Ramis. You're dead. Well, they kept, the thing is, they kept cutting back to him. They, well, here's go. I want to see. I want to go back and watch it and see how many cuts there are because there's the whole thing with the uh, the proton pack and and the uh, the um, the blaster. What are they called? Know, I'm drawing a blank on the the uh, the uh, energy stream thingies. 
Yeah, the proton proton blaster, whatever. Yeah. So there's that, and then it like cuts away, and then you see like um, uh, Finn uh, Trevor uh, digging his girlfriend out of the uh, out of uh, the gatekeeper or whatever, right? <clears throat> right. And then and then and then you see like. Um, uh, um, Paul Rudd's character, you know, breaking out, you know, coming back out, like, what happened? And he's all disheveled. And then it comes back to Harold. And I'm like, shit, Harold's still there. And then it. And then, Everybody, everybody's kind of parting ways, and he's just standing there in the middle of the field, like, all right, then. And then, he, then it, like, cuts. Then it cuts to, like, like uh, their mom. Checking on him. Are you kids okay? Are you kids right, okay? He's still there. Oh my god, you scared me! And then it cuts back to Harold. I'm like, Harold's still fucking there. <laughs> and like, he, he kept cutting back to all these other things, and Harold's just lurking around. Then he just turns into a star and leaves. I guess I don't know. I don't remember. It was just weird. Like he was. He was like, <laughs> don't you have somewhere to be? Aren't you supposed to go to heaven now, Harold? Well, he was kind of getting closure, but I guess yeah. he, you know, he's probably like, hey, bitch, I'm, I'm trying to hold on here. <laughs> yeah. Now you know why I abandoned my family. I, to the point, I, wait, I wanted at the end, I wanted at the end when it was Janine talking to Winston. <laughs> and he's that scene, pan around, pan around, and Harold's still there. <laughs> I've got that coin. I've got the coin, Janine. He keeps getting pulled back in the conversations. <laughs> <laughs> he can't exit. When, when, at the end yeah. of the credits, hang on. At the end of the credits, after sitting through <laughs> ten minutes of credits, and then a five-minute uh, scene of yeah. Winston and Janine, if it just panned around and Harold Ramis's ghost was still there. 10 out of 10. 10 yeah, out of 5. That would have been great. 10, and then 10 10 out of 5. would have said, I don't know, I just can't seem to get rid of Well, that would have been great, yeah, if Winston would be like, I made all this money, but uh, at my heart, I'm still a Ghostbuster. And then he looks over at Harold Ramis, and Harold Ramis is nodding his head. I don't... He's like, I don't, I don't and then at, at the end of the movie... Uh, you know that it has Harold Ramis come in with a you know a towel wrapped around his head, and he's like, like "Go home, go home. What are you still doing here?" <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. We have spoke, we've talked about this for a, this was a solid solid review uh, for a movie. Um, I don't even know where else to take it. Wrong with y'all. I swear to God. Yeah, we're picky. We're very picky. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's, that movie was an awesome movie. Fantastic. Best movie I've seen this year. It, it was. <laughs> what was this that was the best movie y'all saw this year? Dune. Brian? Oh, gosh. I Dune. don't know. Fucking what Black Widow. Sure, in the fuck. Dune. Um, yeah. Dune was okay. But it was not this. No, it wasn't this. (laughs) All right. Anything? Do we want to talk about Podman Ron? You'd mentioned Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, what is the season? It's like a. Yeah, Curb came back. It's season 11, I believe. I think 11, yeah. (laughs) Been on for like 20 years. Um,. And we've said this before, you know, with Cheryl leaving, not leaving, I mean, but he divorced Cheryl, what, about a couple of seasons five ago? Five seasons ago. Well, it's been about 10 years, um, but 
and it's just lost a lot. Yeah, it has. It's like a caricature of himself, and not and I. The episodes seem all the same, and yeah, just. Well, it just kind of it goes from scene to scene with everybody mad at uh, uh, at Larry David and him yelling back. You know, at the end of each scene, he's yelling like, "What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do?" Or, "Oh yeah, you do that," or whatever. And it's kind of to your it kind of blends all together. You're like, "Eh, I watch it, but I don't enjoy it." It's kind of like Ghost theory. Oh, I have no. a theory, oh, and God. I think if you watch these episodes with this theory in the back of your head, <laughs> you might enjoy them more. Brian's always got a theory. <clears throat> I've got a feeling Larry David is minding his own business, sitting at home, and then suddenly a check from HBO comes for an ungodly amount of money. I'm sure, yeah. And he's like, do I deposit this check or send it back? Yeah. He could save well, the planet, right? He deposits the check and then realizes he's just committed to making another season. And so he just pulls whatever he can think of out of his ass at the, the last minute. Like, the there's no preparation. They're like, nice. okay, the cameras are going to be there Thursday. Right. <clears throat> You've already cashed the check. We're shooting uh, I mean, something. Yeah. You know, it's just those first few seasons. I mean, I mean, all of them with Cheryl. I mean, they were just, <laughs> they were funny. I mean, you needed her as the straight person. To, to to work off of. Well, and now he doesn't. He doesn't have a straight. All he's got is Leon. He's Who? got Leon. He just walks around and and like Brad says, just screams at people and they get mad at him. And that's pretty much the show now. And, and scene. You know, and scene. And then back well, in the old days, though, you you know at least you'd always kind of like, oh God, is he gonna say something? You know, right. you were like, oh God, this is gonna be bad. He's gonna say something. Now it's just like you, you kind of know who he is, and you know it's like, oh god, this is stupid. And I don't know, it's just it's just not fun like it used to be. It's just not a good show. I feel like when we've said this before, uh, the Seinfeld season was probably where they should have stopped. Yeah. Although, what was that season seven? I think season eight, where he was in New York, right, and doing the producers, was still really strong. Because you had a lot of Funk, Funk, uh, Funkhauser and Mel Brooks in it, right? right? And so I think I think they should have bowed out at seven. They had a good idea for eight, and I'm glad they made eight. But since eight, uh, there's been nothing, Yeah. right? And, and honestly, eight is nowhere near as good as the Seinfeld reunion season. It was right. better, but, but definitely better than what we've got now. But now it's like they don't even have a good idea. Like the Spite store. Yeah. yeah, what was that? This season yeah, is all about bad. that the 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 girl at the Mexican restaurant. Right, that you was know? bad. They finally got it, rid of that. I mean, so, sad. Yeah. I, you know, and and I think that the uh, after the Seinfeld, they should have got her him back together with Cheryl, and then we would have had you know them back together and her being the straight person again. But yeah, he needs a straight person because he doesn't have one. You know, and that was always the problem with the office in the later years is everybody wanted to be wacky, and yeah. so you didn't have the straight person. So yeah, because I mean, Jeff's weird, Susie's weird. You know, she's they're all they're all you know guffawing for the laughs. Nobody's there to point out how ridiculous the way they're acting is, right? Without Cheryl, <clears throat> so. Yeah. She's been on it lately. She's been kind of falling into that same like. Wackiness too. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay, everybody needs to. Everybody just needs to, to end. Back to, stop, yeah, yeah. Stop this it. show, it does really need to end. I mean, 
Always sunny. Always sunny is always good. Well, well I thought he was talking about the podcast for a second. Yeah, this show should end. It got real. It got real meta there for a second. <laughs> Am I doing? Stop the, being uh, funny. Years ago, it really should end. Yeah, and I should. Am I doing the Harold Ramis? You just should hurry up and go. Just hovering around, looking down on us. Never know. Come on. All right, so we got. Listen, we've got Hawkeye coming up. We've got yep. Always Sunny coming up. I mean, what else do we have here? A lot of good stuff in uh, <laughs> Matrix before the end of the year. Spider Man. Spider Man before the end of the year. You got uh, House of Gucci, which House I've heard is a <laughs> is a train wreck. All right, House but, of uh, Gucci. Uh, the King's Man. Anybody interested in seeing the King's, King's Man? Man? Or is it yeah, the King's was, Men? Whatever. But honestly, that last movie was so bad that I I don't know. It turned me off that whole. <clears throat> what about we mentioned it earlier in the podcast? Uh, what about Rocky versus Drago? Uh, who's interested in seeing that? <laughs> I purchased it. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, look at that. So does that so, make it a five? You purchased no, the know. movie? I purchased it without seeing it. I, I thought Chris. five was I'll buy it and watch it. Oh, my I God. Like, this is so uh, confusing. I like the Rocky movies enough and to, to see what uh, Stallone's got in store for Rocky Four. Wow. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, Fair yeah. enough. So you, maybe you can watch that and give us uh, a review of that. Anything else coming up, Podman Ron, that you're interested in as we quickly wrap up the year? No, we're uh, Wheel of Time started. Yeah, that looks horribly boring to me, Brian. But you're all in for it, right? Or at least the books you are. Jacob is. Jacob is. Okay, I, I read the first book. He's read like the first seven books. Ah, okay, so that may be the uh, target audience there, huh? I don't think it is. I don't no? think it's the target audience. Okay, but, you know. I don't think they were shooting for 17-year-old boys when they wrote this. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, the, I, we have no interest in our house. Yeah, we've got, well, we've got the uh, Lord of the Rings shows coming out. Uh, one of these two is not going to make it. No. Nah. i got a feeling yeah, it may two. be Wheel of Time. Yeah, so. Wheel of Time's got to – it's time's up on the Wheel When of is time. the uh, um, Lord of the Rings shows coming out? They've been talking about those for several years now. That's uh, – Sometime next year. And then um, <clears throat> we got the new Game of the Thrones uh, show as well. Game of, Game of the Thrones. Game you of the Thrones. You sound like an old old lady now. Have you watched the Game of the Thrones? <laughs> Have you? <laughs> so. All right, so a lot of stuff. That's Star Wars stuff, too. The Mandalorian. Uh, Book, Book of, of Boba. Yeah. Book of Boba, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of good stuff for the end of the year. All sorts of stuff. All so, right. okay, something to it. keep the podcast going, Brian. Got to have something to keep the coming, podcast coming in December. And actually, it's coming January first. What is season four? Wait, wait, what? What was that? You cut out there, PMR. Four. <laughs> four. Four. Oh, Fantastic Four is coming out January first. You heard it from PMR. Uh, oh, it's Cobra Kai season four. That's what oh, he's saying. Oh, okay. All right. Or trying to say. Okay. Well, he was so excited he, we couldn't couldn't hear him. All right. Well, hey, we got a lot of reasons to keep the podcast going. I hope Alex comes back soon before the end of the year. And, uh, you know, we'll just uh, keep it going. But until next time. Save it for the podcast. <laughs>